0: Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. So this morning, we are in a sermon series in this new year called All In. All In. And one day, uh, believe it or not, I was so bored, if that's even possible. I do get bored sometimes. Uh, but one day I was so bored that I was wa- like flipping through the channels and how many of you know the channel TSN, right? It's if you're a guy and a girl, you know what TSN is, the sports network, but there was poker on one day and if you're really bored and you stop at poker, you have to know there was nothing else better on TV than poker and It came down to the last two guys. I've never watched poker. I've never played it in my life. I don't even understand it. I was just like, I don't know. I'll just watch it. Obviously, I wasn't married yet at that time because my wife will always give me something to do. And so it came down to the last two guys. And I remember the commentator getting really excited. I'm like, it's poker. How exciting can it be? And this guy was getting super excited because the last two players were both going all in with their chips. I had no idea what it meant, but I I can tell you what, it aroused my interest enough to pay attention a little more, and uh, they went all in. And guess what? Here's a small disclaimer. As Christians, we don't gamble, okay, right? So how many of you have played poker before? (laughs) Don't put your hand up. (laughs) Thank you for your honesty, because we're in church. (laughs) <laughs> but I've never played. I have never. I don't watch it, actually. It was just that one moment where it caught my attention. But all-in, when it comes to poker, it refers to the moment when a player bets all of his or her chips on the hand that they have. From what I've researched, because I don't know and I don't play it. Um, but it's to go all-in. And to go all-in is to be totally committed to something, To go all in is to be totally committed to something. So that's poker, but what about work? Many are deeply committed to their bosses and to pleasing their bosses. Many are deeply committed to just working because the money is good or working because you have to to provide for a family. Others are deeply committed to sports. I don't count poker as a sport as I already said, but they're willing to get up at 4 a.m. to drive their children to hockey on a Saturday morning. No one wakes up. No one should wake up at 4 a.m. on a Saturday morning, but they do. Or you drive. My dad, I remember once, he had to drive me seven hours to a, a soccer tournament, and it was still in the same province in Quebec, but a very far place. But, but they, they do it, and we're deeply committed also to sports. There are many other things. Uh, some may even deeply, be deeply committed to a man or a woman while your wife or husband and your children are at home. And that's not a good commitment to have. And this morning, today we're going to look at what it means to go all in with Jesus, though. Because if there's one thing we should do as believers is to be ready to go all in with Jesus. And before we jump into the sermon this morning, uh, I've been going around asking a few of you if I can ask you some questions and uh, see how your story goes about going all in here at Weston. So if you just tune your attention to the screen for the next few minutes, you'll hear one of the stories.
1: Okay, so my name is Alexis Chatter. Um, I'm currently 15 years old, and I've been attending Weston for eight years now since 2010. My mom was driving down this road—I don't really know what it's called—but um, she saw the sign for like the West, like the Weston sign. And at that time, we were looking for churches to attend because my mom really wanted to um, start going back to church, and. When I first arrived at Weston, like it just felt welcoming and I really liked it and I loved the worship and my parents did too and so we ended up sticking with it. Um, Currently I serve in the children's ministry and I'm hoping to be a part of worship as well in the future. I was around like 11 or maybe and Pastor Julie had reached out to me and asked if I wanted to help out. Um, with the toddlers class and I said sure like just because my parents were greeters on Sundays and I wanted to be helping out in some sort of way and so I said sure and she put me on the schedule and that's just how it started. (laughs) I was nervous because I have a lot of cousins and they're very like wild and I was scared that kids were like the kids were gonna be very like running around it was gonna be very hectic but when i walked into the room it was actually like pretty calm and kids were just playing and i just really liked it after because the environment was just generally calming and like cool i knew it was good to help out and like always help when there's like when help is needed and it was actually a sermon that pastor michael had preached and something that really stuck with me was that God wants us to serve in his house and he wants us to help out and give back and so when I started helping out with the kids it just felt right like it was the right position for me and I just ended up really liking it and like I wanted to go back like it wasn't like oh I'm never gonna do this again like it was just I like being there and I like helping out and I like being an assistant to whoever was teaching at the time and it was very like welcoming and it wasn't just oh you do this and like you're told like I wasn't told what to do it was just take it at your own pace and then over time I learned like I should sit here and I should help out with this kid and make sure that kid doesn't run away so honestly just do it like it's You'll, at first it's nervous and you're, you don't know what to do and you don't know where your place is, but after it's just a good feeling when you're done and you know that you've helped out and you know that it's also in church and that one day it'll probably give you experience and lead you to a bigger role.
0: All in. And throughout the month of January, in the weeks that we have left, we're going to be highlighting a few more. But here's the goal. Through this series, we're going to work towards, on January the 28th, giving you an opportunity to get involved. The whole church, whoever is not involved, perhaps, actively in a ministry. um, Kind of like a job fair, but I don't like that term because it's not a job. Uh, We're serving the Lord together. But in the foyer, on the 28th, we'll turn the outside when we walk out we'll have tables and each ministry will will have a, its own place so if you're interested in kids ministry you'll go talk to Eunice and the other leaders in that ministry if you're interested in worship you go to the worship table you kind of get the idea uh, ushers and greeters all the other ministries and so you can actually figure out hey is this something that's i'm like a good fit and have a chat with some leaders without having a huge You know, big commitment or anything. It's right after church. So on the 28th, if no one shows up, I'll know that something's wrong. But we pray that on the 28th, uh, you take advantage. If you feel inspired and you feel like this is something that the Lord has been impressing on your heart, then you have an opportunity to engage with with the leaders of those various ministries. This morning, as we talk about all in with Jesus, if you have your Bible, would you open and stand with me to Matthew chapter 4. And I'm excited to bring God's word. I'm equally excited that our fast is going to be over today. And um, But but God is so good. God is good. We had some great nights of prayer here at the church. Friday night we had to cancel due to the weather. But Wednesday and Thursday we took full advantage to pray for one another and the needs of, of our church. So uh, it was a great time. And I know that God, the investment we've put church... Uh, into prayer and fasting this last week is going to yield rewards through the rest of the the year because we've said, God, come and have your way. And our theme was seek Him first, seek God throughout the beginning of the year. So if you're there, Matthew chapter 4, shout amen. Amen. We'll begin reading at verse 18. And it says this, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So they were expert fishermen. Um, Verse 19, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Everyone say, at once. Verse 21, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. He called to them to come too, and they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Say immediately. 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 Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I, I thank you that you have a word for us today as a church. And I pray that every heart would be open and every spiritual ear would be listening to what you want to say to us. Father, I thank you that you speak still. And Lord, may we have ears to hear. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Point number one in all in with Jesus is this. Number one, Jesus invited people to go all in with him. Jesus invited people to go all in with him. You see, he didn't ha- he didn't say much. He literally just said, "Hey, Simon, Peter, uh, let's go. Andrew, James, and John, let's go." And and we read it. It says, "At once they dropped what they were doing and simply walked away from it." So, what did fishing represent for for these? In Matthew chapter 4, it was their livelihood. It was their profession. This is what they did for a living. And Jesus, being the great communicator that he always is and always was, simply said, come and I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. And what I love about Jesus is simply this. They're fishermen, so they understand that lingo. And Jesus speaks in a way in which they will understand. So he says, you fish for fish, follow me, I'm going to teach you to fish for people. It has way more value. And they leave their livelihood. It doesn't even say like they listed it first on Kijiji and sold off the boats and the nets. It just simply says that they walked and they followed him. And you see, here's the thing. I don't believe, unless he specifically tells you when God will call you, That he's asking you, when he says, come and follow me, be a disciple, be a Christian, to to leave everything. But you do have to leave your former life. Some of those things that are ungodly, some of those habits or addictions, that's not part of what Jesus is calling you into. That's what he's calling you out of. And so we have to be all in with Jesus when he calls. Because this is the invitation. Come and follow me. And if you understand who Jesus is and everything that he is, then everything that he has to offer is more than I could ever try to bring with me from my past life. So number one, Jesus invited people to go all in with him. He said, come. And it's, it says immediately they did it, or at once. They dropped what they were doing and they followed. Further on in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus was walking along, it says, he saw a man named Matthew, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now, I want to liken and tie that story to Zacchaeus. In case you're not familiar with the story of Zacchaeus, the Bible describes him as being a wee little man or a short man. And Jesus was passing through his town, and he wanted to see Jesus... And he climbs up a tree to get a better vantage point, a better view. And Jesus, as he's walking by, happens to stop. And he looks at at Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, come down, for I'm coming to your house today. Now see, as Jesus goes there, there's a lot of murmur because Zacchaeus is known to be uh, not a good guy. He's very wealthy, but that's because he's taking more money than he has to as a tax collector. Well, he was the chief tax collector. He had other guys working under him in the network. And so here is Zacchaeus in front of all these other probably religious or pious people. Jesus stops and he says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm coming to your house today. And everyone is looking saying, Oh my goodness, I can't believe. Out of all the people Jesus picked him, he surely must not know what kind of man Zacchaeus is, right? And what's amazing about it is Jesus goes to his house, and at the end of this meal that they must have had, Zacchaeus is different. Something in him is not the same. For the Bible says that he realized what he did wrong, and he said, In fact, Jesus, I'm going to not only right the wrong, I'm going to give them back four times as much as I took. And you see that's probably what it when Jesus would call us or invite us to go all in that's probably more relatable for you and for me in today's day and age where where Jesus comes and he transforms your life from the inside out and then the 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 overflow now the response out of that encounter is Lord everything I have is yours anyways now I give it all to you my talents my gifts even my finances, my time, all of this, Lord, I give it to you. And Zacchaeus, in my opinion, went all in from taking it all. He went to going all in with Jesus and giving it all back. But Jesus, at the end of that story with Zacchaeus, said, But I have come to seek and save those who are lost. And you see, this is the heart of God. And and when Jesus, on his earthly ministry, he wasn't looking for For the the well-dressed people, necessarily, what Jesus was actually looking at was people's heart. And those are the kind of people that he said, well, I didn't come for people who are well. I came for those people who are sick and need a doctor. And he said, those are the kind of people I'm going to hang out with. Why? Well, we just read in Matthew 9 about Matthew, the tax collector. Well, after Jesus said to him, come and follow me, Matthew throws a, a dinner and Jesus is there, and then there's some gossip and murmuring, saying, "Don't does it like why is Jesus hanging around with all the sinners now?" And I submit to you this thought that well, Jesus had to, because he was calling people unto salvation. He came as the Savior, and though people didn't see it, but his ministry um, was was all about the lost, and so Jesus inevitably would have to reach them and so he was all in calling people all in to come say leave that life I have a life that is way better the life I have is like something you've never tasted before taste and see that the Lord is good and I submit this thought to you and and write this down in your notes or in your phone you are one decision away from a totally different life You are one decision away from a totally different life. When you go all in with Jesus, I guarantee you, you will live life into the overflow. Now, did everyone that Jesus called go all in? No. And I want to share with you some passages and some scriptures where we find the opposite. Some are willing to leave it all. And we know that Peter, right, the same one, that the first one that Jesus called, in The book of Acts, chapter 2. He's the one who steps at the front and and preaches the first sermon after they received the baptism in the Holy Ghost in the upper room in Acts, chapter 2. So you see, even though he was a fisherman, they were not schooled, they were not trained, but they went all in with Jesus. And they said, let us learn as much as we want to be. Peter had his ups and downs. Peter even, what, denied Jesus, right? But yet... God used him, and he steps up and preaches the first sermon. So that's, that's a good example, but here are some other examples where people were like, eh, eh, not so sure. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to look at some. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Luke chapter 9, because we're about ready to go all in with Jesus today and every day of the rest of our lives. Luke chapter 9 remember you're one decision away from a totally different life and that pendulum that that answer could be one or the other it could be amazing or it can be very different and in luke chapter 9 we'll begin reading at verse 57 And it says this, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. So there's intent, right? I I want to do this, Lord. Who knows if Jesus would have called him right before that. But he said, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. And he, Jesus, said to another person, come follow me. And the man agreed but he said, again, there's intent, but listen, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. Lord, first, so he has, he's saying yes, but there's something I want to do first. Verse 60, but Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you again. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So you see three different scenarios or instances where there's a willingness, but there's still a tie to the former life, a tie to, well, let me just, finish what I was doing. I want to tell you, when Jesus calls, we have, to, we have to respond. In this case, their response was, I would really like to, but. And my fear, the greatest fear as a preacher, is that people live their life in that zone. They have an intent or a good desire, but there's all this other stuff I still have to deal with. But you see, here's the thing. When Jesus calls you, notice he never says, Hey, get your stuff together. And when you're good, prim, and proper, and your life looks pretty and smells nice, then you come follow me. Jesus never once called people that way. Did you notice that? Listen, fishermen are stinky. And Jesus said, Come and follow me. Why do we think we have to, you know, let me take a spiritual bath first. Uh, before I can present myself to God. No, he, the invitation is to come. And when you come, don't just come, you know, with half a foot in. Come all in, like dive in. Jump in to the deep end. And this is what Jesus invites us to do. And if there's anyone here and you've never made a personal, uh, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've never asked him into your heart, know this, that there are no barriers except you. You place the barrier between you and this wonderful, beautiful Savior that we call Jesus. Nobody else. In Luke chapter 18, it shares a story of another man. And he's a religious, rich man. Luke chapter 18, we're going to read some verses. But first, let me just give you some context. So he says uh, to Jesus, he says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? So He's interested not just about this life. Why? Well, he has a lot of money. He probably has, doesn't have too many needs. But, but he's, he's interested in the eternal life. And he is a religious man, so good on him, right? So he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What a beautiful question. Jesus gives him some of the commandments. Now, Jesus, you have to understand, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything already. And so he shares some commandments with him. and the man here will pick it up in, uh, in Luke 18 verse 21. The man replied, "Well, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young." So he's basically saying, "I'm good. But then verse 22, Jesus, when Jesus heard the answer, he said, "There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven." And look what he says, then come follow me. And listen to the response in verse 23, but when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. Now, can rich people people go to heaven? Absolutely. The condition is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But here's the thing. When Jesus said, come follow me, he wasn't willing to part with something he loved. And in Matthew 6, verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so, see, money is not evil. The love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all kinds of evil. When you love money more than God, you're in trouble. And so, this, this, even though he was religious... This rich young ruler couldn't let go of that. And he said he was sad. It it was right at the door. The invitation was there. Jesus even said, come, follow me. But he, he said, but, but, I, and he was sad because he knew that there was tension and inner conflict when faced with the reality of, I think I love my money more than this invitation to follow Jesus. And that's where it gets dangerous. So number one, this morning we said Jesus invited people to go all in with him. Number two is we today are invited to go all in with him. Did you know that? The same Jesus that walked on those shores and called those fishermen is the same Jesus today that still calls men and women, children, seniors, young and old, doesn't matter, rich or poor. He's the same one that still invites us to go all in with him. In Psalm 27 verse 8 the scripture it says, when you, when you said, "Seek my face, my heart said to you, "Your face, Lord, I will seek. The invitation in Scripture, when you read from Old Testament all the way till New, is always an invitation for people to come come and receive, come and receive love, come and receive for all who are thirsty, you will drink of a water that never shall run dry. You see, there's always more than enough because he keeps inviting. The invitation is always there to go all in with him. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14, these are some of the verses that we we covered as we opened up our prayer nights on Wednesday and Thursday. But it says this, and you will seek me and find me When you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Anyone here ever play hide and seek? Right? Parents who have young children, you especially maybe would know this. My son Josiah likes to like, he thinks he's the flash. I don't know if I've ever showed you how he starts to run. He goes like this. And then he takes off running in the house. And I say, stop running. You're gonna, our neighbors hear you because we we're a townhouse. And so, but but da da da, da 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 And then he's like, try to find me, Dad. I'm like, I can hear you. And I could see your feet sticking out from the curtains, the drapes. But it's fun, right? And he goes, okay, now, Dad, you hide. You hide. And at first, I would be really cruel. And I'm like, I'm going to find the best hiding spot so that he won't find me. And he'll get scared. He's like, Dad? Dad, are, are, are you still around? And, and then Priscilla would give me the eye. And I'm like, okay, I'm not in this to win it. I'm here so he could win. And so then, you know how you hide? And it's like your leg is sticking out from the side of the bed. And it's very evident and obvious. Yes, parents who have young kids, I can get a witness. You get what I'm saying. So God is, is not hiding in such a way that you can't find him. God is is hiding, he's not hiding, <laughs> but when you're say when you seeking for him, he's giving you every, you know, he's saying, can, can you not see me in creation? Can you not see me when you come into my house and you, and you hear the saints of God worshiping? Can you not find me in the pages of scripture? Can you not find me in the stillness of the night? You see, the, he's making it very easy, but we make it hard. And we say, Well, I don't think that's you, God, or I don't know if the and, and we play we play a game, not God. For God has said, Come, come, follow me. But are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to go all in with Jesus? You see, we are good at many other ways with work, like all those things I opened up this message with. But are you willing to go all in with Him today? And you might say, Well, you know, that's great, um, but like, why should I? Well, here's the thing. Jesus will never ask you to do something that he himself is not willing to do. So before he would ever ask a person to go all in with him, you have to understand Jesus went all in with you already. Do you know that church? Jesus went all in. Psalm 42 verse 7 says, as deep calls out to deep. This is where God God desires to connect with you. In the deep parts, in the deep recesses of your heart. John 18.37, in speaking of Jesus, he said, For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth, and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. You see, Jesus knew his purpose. He said, for this cause I have come. And for this cause I was born. What a beautiful picture of Jesus' life. Though he was born from from Mary, and yes, it was a supernatural uh, conception, but he was raised as a kid. I'm sure he had boogers falling out of his nose. You know, he was probably running around. I mean, he did stay at the temple while his parents said, okay, we're going home. And they were like, where is he? And they had to run back. And he was there teaching in the temple with these older people as a 12 year old boy, like Jesus. That's so amazing. But he knew his purpose, but he was still raised though. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was raised as a boy. He grew up. And then his ministry started when he was 30 years old. And it was only three years But Jesus, in those three years, transformed the world to the point where it still transforms people's lives today. And it's so amazing, this Jesus that we have. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Jesus went the distance for you and for me. He went the distance. He went all in. He went all in. He endured the cross. He took the curse of sin that was meant for you and me upon his shoulders so that we would be able to be free. And that's why the invitation today is still come. 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 And then Romans 5, verse 8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, my translation or our, our application rather this morning, while we were still sinners, Christ decided to go all in. And this morning, we have this beautiful opportunity. And we're going to prepare our hearts now for communion. That is only possible because Jesus went the distance. Jesus went all in. And we have this beautiful opportunity now. I'm going to invite our deacons, if, if you would make your way to the front as we prepare to serve. But just think about it, church. What a beautiful Savior who went all in. So you say, Why should I go all in? Well, because Jesus went all in. He he showed us the way we should go, and now he invites us to that way. And so I'm gonna invite you just to stand to your feet, everyone here in, in this place. And we're gonna prepare our hearts for communion this morning. I'm just gonna ask if Pat you can begin to just prepare and get this ready. I want to share with you 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it says this, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine, not your neighbor, yourself. You should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, by the way, the body of Christ are your brothers and sisters, not not the literal body of Jesus, but your brothers and sisters here today. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. So church, what we're about to do today is a special a special privilege for believers you don't have to be a member of Western Road Pentecostal Church to partake in communion but you have to be a believer because this is the table of the Lord and if he's if you don't know him as Lord and Savior it's gonna be difficult for you to understand the sacrifice that he has made for you our prayers that you would open your heart and say yes to Jesus in this moment this is for believers you don't have to be a member you have to be a believer and as the deacons will go and distribute in just a moment we're just going to ask that you would hold the cup and also hold the bread until everyone's been served and then we're going to take it together today we're breaking our fast as well as we partake of communion together and i've been praying all week that this right here would be a holy moment for our church we consecrated ourselves to a fast and today we break it together in the presence of the lord at the lord's table together and so there's something special about the unity that we find around the the table the lord's table and today we get to participate in an incredible way and so once you receive the cup and the bread just examine your heart examine yourself Say, Lord, search me, know me, know my thoughts, God. If you need to confess sin, you do that. Don't let the cup or the bread pass you by. And hold it until everyone's been served. The worship team's just gonna begin to minister. And you Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we wanna hear about. It. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.